there's some place in the world you'd like to go one time before you die. I know if any of you were asked that question, there might be some place you'd say, yes, there's a place I want to go to, somewhere I'd like to see, something I'd like to see before I go. Um, I know if you were a Muslim, you'd be making plans to at least once in your life go to Mecca. If you were Roman Catholic, and many other Christians also choose to go to a place called Rome so that they can see uh, the various places there of uh, historical significance when it comes to the Christian faith, place where the Apostle Paul and Peter were both martyred for the faith and so many other things to see. If you're an American, most everybody at least once in their lifetime wants to go to the capital, Washington, D.C. I know they used to make that a annual trip for fifth and sixth graders to go. And, and um, you know, that's something I'm almost 63 years old and I've never been to the nation's capital. Been close, but never been to the nation's capital. But most people, at least once in their life, want to go there. Well, the rest of us, we have to settle for Walmart. Amen? Um, Well, the reality is, if you're a Christian, there ought to be a time in your life, and I hope it's every year at this time of the year, that you'd want to go to at least a special place spiritually. Uh, We want to go to Calvary at Easter time, and at Christmas time, we want to go to Bethlehem. Now, my wife loves nativity. Uh, pieces, and so we we probably have uh, no telling how many hundreds of nativity uh, pieces, if we're including ornaments and everything else and pictures, because she loves nativity scenes. So I know that the year that we were able to go to Bethlehem, literally, and go to the cave where uh, it's traditionally said that Jesus was born in, and and to get underneath the church and go to that place and where she could put her hand through a, a silver star and touch the spot which is believed to be the the, the cradle or the place where the manger would have been in the stable and, and, and to see the expression on her face to know that, that she had been able to do that was a blessing. But I want us to spiritually do that this morning and it's just going to take a few moments and we're going to look and see what it is to, to go to Bethlehem and I hope that all of us sometime during this Christmas season will do that and, and I'm ask the question why should we do it? Why should we go to Bethlehem? Why should we make that journey and that pilgrimage spiritually? And I would say the first thing we can see is uh, sentimentality. So let's look at, the, at Luke chapter 2, verse 15, just a single verse. But it says, When the angels left them, that's the shepherds, and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place that the Lord has made known to us. So the shepherds said, Let us go to Bethlehem and see what has happened. Well, sentimentality, we should take us to Bethlehem, first of all, because when we go there, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus is the right thing to do. It's what our choir just sang about. It's what we have sung about in, in hymns and, and carols and things that we'll be singing for, for days to come. I would say for many of us here, if not all of us here, we have loved ones who have gone to heaven. And one of the reasons, I think, to go back to Bethlehem on a spiritual journey every year at this time of the year is because it's the way I remember my loved ones. I go back to the Christmases that I had with my grandparents, and I have the Christmases I had with other family members. I go back to those times when people who are no longer with me, but I'm able to remember when I go back to Bethlehem all the things that they brought into my life, all those blessings, all those memories, uh, things that are a part of my life. And, and, uh, and so there's something uh, very sentimental about going back to Bethlehem when it comes to my loved ones particularly when the fact that they're not with us anymore. Some of you, this will be the first Christmas 
without a particular loved one. Uh, I know that makes it tough. But the reality is Christmas is that time when we go to Bethlehem, we can remember our loved ones. But we remember what Christ did for our loved ones. And we can look at the birth of Jesus and realize one of the reasons he came was so that when our loved ones go, we know where they are and they had a way to go to heaven because of the Savior. Sentimentality takes us to Bethlehem because we remember special gifts that we received over the years at Christmas. You know, we get a lot of gifts, but there's a few of them that stand out. Most of the time because we remember the love behind the gift. That story of the gift of the Magi uh, always is a blessing to me every Christmas because you, you see the husband and the wife who were going to give each other that very special gift and both made sacrifices that rendered both of their gifts impractical, but it was the love behind the gift that made it special. So many of you could probably remember such a gift that was given to you or perhaps that you gave out of such sacrifice. We remember the love. Sentimentality takes us to Bethlehem. Listen, at our house, <clears throat> every occasion, we don't do it all the time, but a lot of times we break out old home movies. And we'll watch Christmases of the past. Man, you talk about having a laugh or two. We have it. But that's one of the reasons to go back to Bethlehem. Because we remember, spiritually we remember, that God became one of us when he sent his son Jesus. Destiny takes us to Bethlehem. Galatians 4.4 4 says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Now, why did God send forth his son in Bethlehem? Because that was where it was prophesied it would happen. That's what Micah said in Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Think about this for a moment. All the plans that Joseph and Mary had made for their life the destiny was Bethlehem. All that the Magi had learned over their life about what was going on in the heavens and the stars and all the knowledge they had acquired, what was it? It was so that destiny would bring them to a place called Bethlehem. And I think about the shepherds and doing their work and the position that they had in society in their very simple ways, yet everything about their life also intersected with a band of angels and a baby in a manger at Bethlehem. Folks, my prayer is that today is uh, you think about Bethlehem, make that spiritual journey, do it for sentimentality reasons, but also do it because it should be part of your destiny. It's part of our life. That we're, Whatever we were, whatever we are, whatever we're going to be, whatever we're going to do, it should all intersect with what God has done and is doing. And that began right there in a place Oh, Bethlehem. Isn't it amazing that the purpose of God sending his son to be born of a woman, born under the law, was so that you and I could be saved. And it, it should be our destiny because God chooses you to be saved. He wants you to come to Christ. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and come to faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. My prayer is that you'll allow your destiny to intersect with Bethlehem. Majesty should take us to Bethlehem. That baby that was born in Bethlehem was no ordinary child. We know that. He was the son of God, but he was God in the flesh. And he wasn't just a baby. He was a king. And, of course, we read in the Gospel of Matthew, the Magi understood this. So did Mary and Joseph. 
They knew through the angelic announcements. They knew that all that had transpired had led them to this point where this was nothing ordinary. Virgin births just don't happen. Angelic visitations don't occur for no reason. Even that difficult journey they made from Nazareth to Bethlehem had to be an interesting time for Mary and Joseph to talk about what must this be. The fact that they had to end up spending the night in a stable where Mary gave birth to Jesus gave no appearance of majesty, and yet majesty was all over it. Because at some point in time, while they were in Bethlehem, the Magi did show up. And why did they show up? Because God had set into the motions of the heavens a way for those who understood its motions and understood its meaning and message to know that a king had been born. And amazing, when the Magi came to Jerusalem, they said, where is he who has been born? king of the jews well they knew this it's amazing that everybody else didn't seem to know it but those few that were involved the magi didn't know the majesty of the moment though because when they found jesus they worshiped him curiosity ought to take us to bethlehem the shepherd said let us go see this thing that's come to pass uh that's a statement of curiosity is it not If you're here this morning and you never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I pray just curiosity itself will take you to Bethlehem and let you begin to ponder and wonder what it is that God was doing that he would send himself in the form of a baby so that you and I could have a Savior who could save us from our sins. You know, what we do or do not know about the birth of Jesus should compel us to investigate further. There should be a curiosity factor here. Nicodemus certainly had that when he came to Jesus by night. And then he asked the question when Jesus told him what he needed to do. He said, how can these things be? Well, that's the question we should ask of Christmas. How can these things be? Because God chose it to be. And there's things you and I should look into about that. We won't understand it all. But my goodness, isn't it worth just going back to Bethlehem in a spiritual journey and just gaze upon the one who was born king, to look upon a baby who was born like Simeon was able to do, like Anna was able to do, and to be able to know immediately, here is my Savior. And to trust Christ to save you. We need to come to Bethlehem and experience what C.S. Lewis experienced. He said, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That's one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic or on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, but let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. When you come to Bethlehem, you've got to make a decision about Jesus. And if you come to the correct decision, you understand that he came to save us because he is God.
The last thing real quickly, urgency takes us to Bethlehem. You see, the wise men knew the opportunity was short. They could only go as long as the star was leading them. While there was light, they took flight. Coming to Jesus today is no different. You come while the light of the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit is at work. When the Lord speaks, it's a time to come to Jesus. And there's a sense of urgency about spiritually going to Bethlehem. There's a sense of urgency about coming to Jesus. There's a sense of urgency about receiving and accepting God's Word and God's will and God's work and what God has done through Jesus. And that's why we must go to Bethlehem, because we need a Savior. And if you're here today and you haven't received Christ yet, you've waited far too long, and today should be the day you should say yes to Him. And we just don't know how long we have. But urgency should take us to Bethlehem. I read a story about a man who <clears throat> recorded his own salvation experience. He had become drunk one night to the point that he fell through an open door of a barn or some kind of a stable-like place. And he woke up the next morning bewildered because of where he was. It finally dawned on him that he was in some kind of a barn. He was hungry. And he tried to think of a neighbor who might give him a meal. And then he said, no, I, I'm afraid to think I've fallen down too low. And, and just then he heard some bells ringing. He suddenly realized it was Christmas Day. And he began to think, what was that story about the shepherds? What was that story about a manger? What was that about angels and messages? He thought to himself, I'm not the first one to sleep in a stable. And then he began to recall his childhood teachings about Jesus coming into the world to save the lost and he began to realize that Jesus came and was born in a lowly place of a stable to help a poor fellow like himself and so right there in the straw of the place where he found himself he prayed Lord be merciful to me a sinner and the drunk man found Jesus in a barn in a manger Have you found Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? If not, I pray that you go to Bethlehem. Many reasons to go to Bethlehem. But urgency should be the main reason because time is short. Great words that were written, Jesus my Savior to Bethlehem came, born in a manger to sorrow and shame. Oh, it was wonderful. Blessed be his name coming for me. Coming for me. Jesus came for us. Born in Bethlehem. Would you join me this Christmas season in making that trip? That special spiritual journey to that wonderful place where God became flesh and did so for us so that he might save us from our sins. If you're here this morning without Jesus Christ, I urge you today, say yes to the Savior. He awaits you with open arms, nail scarred from being on a cross for you.
but will receive you if you by faith will turn from your sin and turn to him and ask him to forgive you and save you and become the Lord of your life. If you're here today and you're already a believer, maybe there's some other commitment or decision you need to make, whether it's for baptism or church membership or just to reaffirm his lordship in your life. And then today's the day to come to Bethlehem. Make a fresh commitment. Worship the king and make your commitment, your decision to him. Whatever you need to do today, you come during our time of invitation. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for what you've done for us through your son, Jesus. Lord, when we think of Bethlehem, we think of all the reasons to come. Lord, every Christmas, it's very sentimental to think about Christmases of the past and celebrations of the past when we sang of you and and Lord thought of the things that you have done for us, but we did so with loved ones who also believed and and now, Lord, they're rejoicing in your presence because of Jesus. Lord, I'm also grateful and thankful that, uh, Lord, we can come and, Lord, just marvel at the fact that our destiny, quite often, Lord, the things you've done in our life, the way in which you've done them has brought us to that point. Whatever has happened in our life to the point that we are here today at East Highland Baptist Church, Lord, it's a moment of destiny if there's someone here who needs to come to Bethlehem and believe on a Savior. But Lord, I also pray that uh, today there's those that come out of curiosity, but Lord, certainly out of urgency. So Lord, do your great work right now, and if there's someone here today who needs to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, may today they say yes to the one who was born in Bethlehem, who ultimately after living a perfect, sinless life, willingly suffered and died on the cross, was buried, who rose from the grave, who ascended to heaven, one day will come again, but will come into the heart of every person who will both believe and receive Jesus. So, Lord, today do your great work, and we'll thank you and praise you for what you do and what you have done through your Son, Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen.